0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast, where influential guests and I break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is nice guys. Let's do this. Hey friends, I'm Natasha Chandale. You're listening to Kinda Dating. We're gonna get right into this episode because. Uh, I really want you to hear it. And uh, and our friend is short on time. But also, if you do like what you hear, screenshot the episode, tag us, and tell us what you thought of it. Um, also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And I don't know, maybe tell a friend or two. That would be nice. And leave us a five-star rating or review. Guys, I so always appreciate the DMs you sent me um, and all of that, but it only matters. In the reviews of the podcast. Uh, that actually really helps us in the chart. So uh, please do that if you haven't already. And follow us. We're on social media. We're at Kind of Dating on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Facebook, and Natasha on TikTok. Okay, we have. Uh, our friend back, he just, man, that last episode was so good. I, uh, I can't, I mean, you, you know, you are the author of this great new book called how to be loved. Um, also how to be loved, how to be loved. Um, and you are an artist. So welcome back. Humble the poet.
1: Thank you so much for having me,
0: man. Uh, we already answered all the single or in a relationship question in the last episode, but this one I'm really excited to get into because we're talking about the nice guy and it's something you also discuss in the book. But when I was reading about it, it was like, you actually had this experience of your journey with this title of nice guy. Uh, We get asked about this a lot and a lot of guys comment on it. um, Just saying they don't, they just really don't believe women are, are into nice guys. And I've really tried working hard to say that's just not true. Um, but I would love to hear, and I know the listeners would love to hear your story around it. Um, so were you ever the nice guy?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think what it is is what we refer to as nice guy. It's not a nice guy. We refer to people who, uh, you know, they they... They don't hold their boundaries. their doormats. They let people treat them ways that they don't want to be treated. Um, they don't stand up for themselves. They don't, you know, they they put other people's needs before theirs, and they think it's selfish to to put themselves first, and um, they think it's going to make someone like them, and really it just makes them an option for when somebody else is uh, uh, needs some attention in between the whatever toxic situation they're actually in so i mean i think we've all gone through that and you know i've definitely gone through it i think it's an important lesson to learn i think it's a really important lesson to learn you think you're doing everything right which is not and then you have expectations of other people which isn't fair you know so i no one is entitled to anything just because they're a good person
0: and when you went through that did it change you because i my experience is, look, the nice guy thing is the same for women. We, you know, women believe that guys always want like a bad girl. And, and you know, um, I was in a relationship, my, my abusive relationship when I was m- many years ago. And uh, his whole thing was, you know, the girl that he was cheating on me with told me that he had said that I was too nice. And uh, I remember I had just moved from Canada. So I was like, what is that an actual thing? Um, and I moved to New York. So it really broke me. And I, at the time decided like, fine, I'll go the other way. And then literally was like, cool. Can't beat you. I'll join you. And then I became a hardcore fucking bitch. Um, and I, and honestly, I was, I, I wasn't my best self and I shut down and I closed all the doors and and that was from one experience of somebody telling me I was too nice, but you nailed it on the head right in the beginning, which is it wasn't that I was too nice. And the truth is I really did not have boundaries. And so the work I had to do in therapy was to gain boundaries. So I wasn't just trying to please people and really just doing what I needed to do. But I know that one instance of somebody saying that to me broke me. So like, did that change you? And do you think that's what's happening to so many guys? Is like, one person said that to them, like you're just too nice, and then they're like, "Fuck this shit."
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think the the one challenging thing in this world of dating and relationships and interpersonal relationships is it's not a monolithic experience. Like my experiences with you will do very little to inform my experiences with the next woman, but I. I'll use my experiences with you to decide and think, well, she liked this. She didn't like this. That's how they're all, they all are. Then you hear this all the time. we talk about races. Oh, I can't date this, this, these types of girls or this, whatever. And it's like, no two people are alike. And there's such a, there's not a lot of patterns in people's behaviors. And it's like, you know, you go through this idea of like <clears throat> the nice guy goes after a girl who doesn't pay attention to him. She's too busy paying attention to a guy who's not paying attention to her and he's too busy paying attention to a girl that's not, you know, it's just this endless thing because we, you know, we adore those who ignore us and ignore those who adore us because we think we have to earn it, you know, and if it comes easy, we don't think it's real or it's worthy, you know, because we have to maybe fight for our parents' attention or we have to fight for somebody else's attention. It's really about being aware of that. I mean, like, no, it's, she's not gross for returning your texts in a timely manner. She's not gross for paying attention to that. Um, and I think there's an important thing there. But I think at the end of the day, it, what it evolved to for, with me, and 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 it took a long time to get there, which is I can be nice. I can be kind. I can be sweet. I can be accommodating. But I have boundaries. And I had a conversation with somebody very recently where, you know, they're a little bit far away. And I tried to make an attempt to go see them and they kind of shut it down. And then later on, you know, they, they said, well, why are you still here? I go, I'm here until I don't want to be here. And then I won't be here. And then, and then that woke them up. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, wait, wait, okay, let's figure out how to make this happen. And I'm like, no, and now you're just operating out of guilt. You're not operating out of an enthusiasm to see me. You're operating out of a guilt because now you're afraid I'm going to lose you. I triggered something of yours and I'm gonna go, listen, I'm not telling you who to be. You know, you can be whoever you want to be. I can have my own standards and I have to honor my own standards. That's what self-love is, keeping your promises to yourself. And, you know, it is interesting whenever we go through breakups or go through situations that don't work out, we we, we start to unlock this whole new version of ourselves. Um, and then it's like, I'll show you. And, you know, as if our ex is like constantly watching all our stuff. And it's it's, it's probably a necessary part of all of it But I think that the big thing is just realizing that our definition of nice isn't that, you know, it's okay to show your teeth. It's okay to stand up for yourself because the alternative to that is resentment. And resentment is a very dark place and and there's no love that exists in that world of resentment. So it's better. you, You deny yourself love by trying to be liked. So it's better to put yourself in a situation where less people like you. So at least you can still channel some love for yourself.
0: And, uh, you know, there's this book that I read when I was kind of learning boundaries um, and it was called Why Men Love Bitches. And the first page just defines like, hey, let's just start with what a bitch really means. And it's not what people would assume. Uh, It really is just being strong, but kind. And that shift made a big difference to me. And, And I do think... When women conversely are into, uh, you know, the quote unquote bad boy, I know I've definitely gone through my phases, not of like bad boy, but definitely like wanting the attention of somebody who wasn't giving it to me um, as almost like an egoic power dynamic of like, I'm going to get this guy and show myself that I can get this guy. I actually just became obsessed with one guy, not like obsessed with just fucking him because he wouldn't fuck me. I didn't even like him. But I was just like, why is this guy not trying to sleep with me? And it like made me want to do, and I never got it. And eventually I had to just like let it go. I was like, okay. <laughs> that
1: was that was a conversation I was having with a married couple where we were, we were discussing, you know, there's a lot of references to the male ego, the fragile male ego. And then the question was of like, is there an equivalence to female ego? And then the wife's like, no. And then the husband's like, yeah, the moment she decides she's going to sleep with you, and you don't, because then you'll see the fragile female ego.
0: Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, it's a, it's definitely an interesting dynamic, and it's. I always think I, this, and again, this is anecdotal, so I don't want to be held scientifically. But as a as a as a public figure who has a lot of guy friends who are public figures, who have a lot of guy friends who are married, who have a lot of guy friends who are in relationships a constant thread and some of them behave and some of them don't. The you know When it's just guys in the room, the conversation is there. The constant thread for the guys that do behave, unfortunately, it's not because I love her. It's because it's very evident I will be held accountable if I cross that line. And the ones that don't behave have already been caught. Yeah. And there was no consequences or accountability because of it. Yeah. And... So I think sometimes the, the simple definition of what guys like bitches is really the, the bitch is someone who holds them accountable or who, who's already making them feel like they ain't shit even when accountability is not the thing. Like they're already yeah. not impressed. And it's this constantly, I need to win her. I need to win her, which isn't a healthy place to be. Yeah. You know, no, it, it is it's, not. I always think about this when it's like, you know, I would rather take like a friend like Lily to an expensive dinner a non-romantic friend to an expensive dinner than a first date.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, because I don't feel bad spending a lot of money on my friends. I'd rather, you know, take my parents on a vacation than trying to impress somebody. Because you're setting a tone like this is what i have to do forever for you. Versus here are friendships that already exist. These are relationships that already exist. They don't care. We can do Chipotle tomorrow and today we can do, next day we can do Nobu. You know, my parents love me regardless. let me, Put them on a first class flight, like it's there's a healthierness to that than this idea that we have to constantly win somebody because that constant chase is the only prize you know?
0: and I do think that it it uh, says a lot about what state we're in, right? because oftentimes like guys will be like, "Oh, I'm chasing after somebody who is unavailable." And they're not like a, a bitch or, you know, they they want, they, they think I'm too nice. They want a bad boy. So they're chasing after somebody who's unavailable over and over and over again, knowing that this person is not showing up for them the way they need. And they're putting it on the other person. Like it's the girl that's a problem for not wanting to be with a nice guy without looking internally and going, why are you attracted to somebody who is not giving you what you need? And that's part of like that commitment phobia I often talk about is I used to date people that were emotionally unavailable that didn't treat me all that well. And it was really hard to go to therapy and figure out that like, oh shit, I don't think it matters what they're doing. It matters that like, why am I still keeping myself in this loop and attracted to those people? And when I broke that, I will, I promise to God, I do not find those people attractive at all anymore. Like if some dude even attempted to play a game, I had two exes reach out who used to be really shitty people. And I've been with my boyfriend for a long time. And old me before him would have easily texted them back and gotten back into drama. I literally looked at the message and I laughed. And I said, I'm not even going to reply. I was like, I'm not, I don't even need to say, not interested, hope you're well. I don't need to engage because I just don't, I think it's silly now. I just find that behavior ridiculous. And, but it took me a long time to go. I don't think, because you can't change anybody else. You can only change yourself,
1: and I think that you know, as you're saying it, like what you're saying is the key. The key moment is when you took accountability and you you took responsibility. And I think here's the thing: it is painfully addictive to be a victim. It's so addictive because being a victim is the fast food version of uh, connection. Nobody knows what I'm going through, you know. So you feel sorry for yourself. So this nice guys. Finish last narrative. It's the same thing, which is like, oh, I was, I did everything right, and they don't appreciate me. No one gets me. Nice guys don't finish last. These girls only like the X Y Zs and blah blah. And like, no, things won't get better till you take ownership. You know, have some boundaries. If you if you text a girl 17 times, that's that's on you. Have boundaries. Be like, look, I texted you twice, I didn't hear from you. You know, good luck to you.
0: And be attracted to the girl that is probably texting you back. The same way, like you said that there's that vicious yeah. cycle, right? The person yeah. is chasing somebody. But recognize who's why you're not.
1: Even if you're not, let's say, mm-hmm. oh, she made it too easy. And i not attracted. Recognize why. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, you know, going to Amsterdam with a with a group of guys for a bachelor party, and then you know, we get to the red light district, and it was super interesting because it was none of the single guys participated. You know, and it was like you know, oh yeah, yeah, and-
0: yeah! Oh my God, that's happened to me before yeah. in Vegas with girls, yeah. Yeah. and I was one of the single ones, and I didn't do shit, and all the married, engaged ones were do well yeah. wild now,
1: because because they're not, and again, they're not even chasing what's happening; they're just chasing a new experience, or they're just chasing a, an escape from the mundane of their life. Which is again, I'm not here to judge it. And when a single guy,s like, like, why would I go and pay 50 euros? Like, it's I'm here for the chase, like the fun is winning the girl over you know, getting sex by paying is there's no fun in that, but it definitely makes sense for somebody in a situation because what you're paying for is to make sure this doesn't follow you home. And it, it's, it's a really interesting thing where it's like it's taking that ownership of like, wait a minute, this is healthy. Why don't I want this? Oh, because I'm not used to this. Like, again, I, I recognize that like I have a, a, a hyper, you know, as many of us brown people do, like a hypercritical mom. And then all of a sudden you start to get attracted to girls that don't think you're don't that aren't impressed by your stuff you know so it's like if i go home you know and i'm a public figure and i do some cool ass shit and i hang out with cool ass people like and then people like oh my god that's so cool i might think that's gross versus being in hollywood where that's everybody's everyday. And like oh you did an apple commercial that reminds me of when i did my starbucks commercial and like oh they're not impressed by that they must be cool it's like no they're just in the same industry as you they do the same things that you do they walk the same red carpets they go to the same parties they do all that stuff And it's really about that self-awareness that comes from being like, yo, why do I think one thing is good and one thing is bad? And it's it's not because these are my individual preferences. A lot of this stuff was signaled and taught to me. You know, like if I was, you know, I have a friend who's very wealthy who eats a lot of mac and cheese because they grew up in a single family house where they had mac and cheese every day. Now they can afford a private chef, but they're still eating mac and cheese because it's a comfort, nostalgia food. It's the same thing with our preferences and our relationships. They become comfort and nostalgia. That doesn't make them good for us. That just makes them familiar. And it's about breaking out that pattern. And that's why therapy is so important, because you have this person who has no stake in the outcome, paying attention to you. They know what they're talking about, and they'll get you out of this black and white thinking and help you see that there's a lot of gray in between to to get yourself in a better situation.
0: Yeah, and something you say in the book uh, about that you know about breaking that habit. And changing your perspective around being the nice guy is—you say not everyone is going to take advantage of you for being vulnerable, and the ones who do are saying more about themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. We we we're afraid we're afraid of being vulnerable because we don't want to be judged. If somebody judges us, they're telling us their story, not ours. You know, we judge because we're insecure. You know, so these are most of the time when you're vulnerable with somebody. And I'm not saying. Give them your deepest, darkest secrets the first day you meet them. But there's light versions of vulnerability that you can do when you first meet somebody. You know, if I can meet a complete stranger today and tell them about how it broke my heart to lose my first dog, you know, that's not something that's going to scare a stranger away. And that invites them to be vulnerable with me. And now we have a meaningful connection versus something else. So... This idea that we have to wear all these masks and put on this facade when we first meet somebody, it's not necessary. You can actually be yourself. You can share it. You know, and you just have to recognize but you, who you are is still your responsibility. you know. Don't, don't overcompensate and be like, oh, here are all my triggers and I'll tiptoe around them. It's like, no, no, the, your triggers are still your responsibility. You're telling me your triggers is fine. And as I develop a deeper relationship with you, then I'll care. To work with them and help you on that, but if I've just met you, it's not my responsibility or my priority to work around that. And I think it's just we exist where this pendulum is swinging so far each way, and we just got to realize there's a lot of nuance and context in between that. And it's okay to have a ten out of a, a three out of ten story that is vulnerable. It doesn't have to be a ten out of ten story. But you're starting that, you're starting that journey with somebody, and it's okay if they don't respond the way you. That's cool. Like they, they're showing you who they are, and and, and move on.
0: And I think, uh, you know, there's it's so important to break this narrative that nice guys finish last because when is the when is the end that we're looking at? You know, that is very important because uh, a lot of times we're looking at it from like our twenties, and we're seeing people in our twenties, maybe early thirties, like you're like. Oh, you know, all girls want bad boys. Have you ever seen somebody at 80 end up with a bad guy and be happy? Have you seen
1: anybody at 40?
0: Exactly. And be happy. Be happy is key. Because some people are in shitty relationships with those bad guys and none of them are happy. So the happiness factor is what's key. And nobody is going out trying to find the person that's going to ruin their life because those... Hurt people hurt people, and and all those people who are unable to give themselves is because they're probably hurting too, and so they're just going to make sure that you're hurt, and that's not that peaceful experience that you were talking about in the last episode of love is kind of peace, right? It's not.
1: Yeah, it's full of drama. Yeah, it doesn't. And, yeah, and I mean, and if there's going to be challenges and drama, like you know voluntarily put yourself into that for, for the sake of growth. You know, the same way you voluntarily have an uncomfortable day at the gym, you know, you voluntarily do it to make yourself stronger and you can do that in your relationships. That's by voluntarily initiating conversations that need to happen, but doing it after everyone's had a good night's sleep and a, and a belly full of food, not being reactive, being responsive. And as I said, I think the, the quickest way for people to feel connected is, is, through, you know, as I said, self pity. And it's like no one gets that. And then again, like you can build a whole club of nice guys who feel like they finished last and women don't respect them and they make up all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like that's just not the case. And it's when you take and taking accountability and responsibility doesn't mean taking blame. You know, it's just understanding where your power is in this situation. If I'm driving my car and somebody rear ends me, it wasn't my fault, but still my responsibility to get insurance done, get the car fixed, do all of that stuff. It's the same thing here. If some, somebody cheats on me, it may not have been my fault, but it's my responsibility to heal past that, move past that, address it, do what I have to do. And when I make it my responsibility, that's where I find my power. Because when we're powerless, we get back into the world of resentment. And that's a very dark place to be. You don't want to be in a place of resentment ever. It's better to be unlikable than to be resentful of people because you want them to like you.
0: I could not have said that better myself. That was great. Um, I feel like that is a really, really good place to wrap this episode. Um, Humble, thank you so much for uh, taking time out uh, and being on the podcast again. I know everybody loved you the first time. I know they're going to love these episodes. So thanks again.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And again, how can everybody find you and your book?
1: Uh, Again, the book is available everywhere books are sold. Amazon, everywhere else. If you can't find the book, com slash love. And you can find me on all the social medias at humblethepoet.
0: And guys, make sure you get How to Be Loved and follow Humble. All of his uh, stuff and links will be in the show notes of this episode. So make sure you check that out. Um, We're also on social media. We're at Kinda Dating Across the Board. Um, I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram, Facebook and Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. Thank you so much, guys, for downloading this episode. If you like something you heard, screenshot the episode and tag us on social media. And finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kinda Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.